Today, Pastor Pete will be preaching from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Please open your Bibles to page 812 if you haven't already. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think we've got a future minister right there. What do you think? Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, thank you for this morning. This time we've had, Lord, already to, to, worship, to worship you, to come into your presence. I pray, Lord, now that uh, we would be free of distraction and that we would, just like those first disciples, be at your feet, Lord Jesus, to hear what you have to say to us a passage that many of us have heard, yet may be surprised by the words I speak today. And so I pray, Lord, that uh, the words that I say would be inspired by your Holy Spirit, it would be true of what we know the scriptures to teach, and God, that you would have a word for us. Prepare our hearts even now as we uh, prepare to come to the, the table and receive the gift of your grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What an astounding promise our Lord gives in this scripture that Brian read. What a solid assurance when you face hardships in life. What an ironclad guarantee found only in God's word, spoken by God's only son. With all the uncertainty in the world, what a grand invitation. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. This is a grand invitation. Now, in order to receive the benefits from such an amazing promise, we better understand exactly what it is the Lord Jesus is promising and assuring and guaranteeing and inviting us to do. Far from being a promise that God is going to do anything that we ask of him, it's actually something bigger and better than we could possibly imagine that he has in store for us in this word today. Let's start by considering the whole context of the Sermon on the Mount. This whole sermon series, in fact, that we began right after Christmas. Consider all of it. From the top, Jesus says, I'll show you what the new kingdom life looks like. Imagine the scene. He's up on, that, up on that mountain, and there are all these people in front of him. And he's there with disciples. He's there with the crowds. The Pharisees are there, those minders and handlers watching to see what he might say. Curious people, and people already devoted to Christ. All there 
looking and listening and sitting at the feet of this rabbi. And he says to them from the outset, you, my disciples, will be signs of the new kingdom. All you listening are invited to join my disciples in following me. Then Jesus shows us eight qualities, eight beatitudes of kingdom people. He says, my disciples live righteously, humbly, purely, lovingly, sacrificially. They live disciplined, unselfish lives. He follows that up by saying no less than six times, you've heard it said in the law, thus and so, but I will show you a bigger and better way to live. These virtues, these sky-high expectations for kingdom people are beyond human attainment apart from God's grace. How could we possibly live out the Sermon on the Mount? We can't do it. We cannot live this way without divine intervention. We need help. All the way through the message, people listening to the word of God, as you're listening and reading through the Sermon on the Mount, all the way through, you should be thinking, how could I possibly live this life? And if you're not thinking that, the word that Jesus brought us last week was, for those of us who have blinders, blinded by our sin, you need to deal with it. Again, something that can only be dealt with with God's intervention. We'll follow up next week with the very last sermon in this whole series. Verse 12, something so familiar to us, something that I know so many people say, well, I'm not a Christian, I'm not interested in church, but I live by the golden rule. Verse 12, the golden rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And yet people blindly say, well, I, I live by that. Can you say honestly, without a shadow of doubt, that you live by the golden rule every single day? Me neither. How can I? How can anyone Matthew 5, verse 48. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus says, be perfect. The perfect love that you will know through me of the Father, that's how you're to love one another. How can we do that? How can we possibly live up to this incredible standard? We need God to do something in us that only God can do. And how does God apply that benefit in our lives? Jesus' answer is right here. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. He says this great invitation just before he brings a zinger next week with his final message. And the final message is about there's two ways to go. You can go to hell, or you can go to heaven. This is his final plea. That's the context of the message. This famously misquoted text is not carte blanche for material desires or blessings, whether they're selfish blessings or, or unselfish ones. 
Rather, it is telling us how to pray to live as people of the kingdom. It's teaching us how to pray for kingdom character to grow in our lives. That's the point of Matthew 7, 7 to 11. It instructs us to pray with persistence and confidence to be all that God intends us to be. It is a grand invitation to pursue holiness and righteousness. And the main point is this, and some of you might already be scratching your head because you've seen this text written on sympathy cards or encouragement cards, and you're wondering, I, don't, I, I thought this was about asking God for help, asking God for a blessing or a benefit. And I'm here to tell you it's something bigger and better than that. The main point is this. Here at the end of the sermon, Jesus is teaching us how to pray for our spiritual transformation. Ask, seek, find. Three present tense imperative with a punch verbs. Ask for help and keep on asking. If you're asking for help, that, that implies that, that you need help. Seek out answers and keep on seeking. So we don't just ask for help and then just wait for an answer. We get up and do something. We ask people. We look around. We seek around. Knock and keep on knocking. So you've asked the question. You've gotten up. You start looking around. And when you think you found where the answer might be, you start knocking on the door. Hello? Hello? Anyone there? Open it up. And we keep knocking until you open your door, Lord. Open your door to all that you have in store in my life so that I can be a disciple. Because you have all these people you've invited behind me. And you've said they're going to look at me. They're going to look at you. And they're going to follow your example. And how could I possibly ever measure up without your help? And Jesus promises, with that kind of persistence, it will be given to you. You will find it. The door will be opened. And he adds, everyone, every single one who asks for more kingdom character will receive, and the one who seeks will find, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And we naturally persevere in our prayers when someone close to us is sick, don't we? We celebrate that Kathy's here. We were persistent. We were not going to give up praying for loved ones, people we care about. We pray for those that are in financial trouble or when something's wrong. Isn't that right? Right? We have stacks and stacks of prayer requests for family members and perfect strangers in need. That is a beautiful, magnifying work that we do, Nielsville. But do we ever write a yellow prayer card asking for prayers to be further sanctified into the likeness of Christ? Don't stop writing prayers of concern for loved ones, those that are, are sick or concerns in the world. But do we ever ask for, for prayers that, that God would give us a more generous heart? You and I, we've been blessed Beyond 99% of the entire world, we have all this wealth. Oh, God, 
May my brothers and sisters pray that I would be more generous. Do we ever pray that way? Are we persistent in praying to be given a pure heart with all the din of noise around us? Lord, help me to have a pure mind and a pure heart. Ask for prayer for the removal of a critical spirit or for the gift of faith. What's going on in your mind during uh, an anthem or the offertory or communion? What are you praying for? And two, what are you seeking from your Father? Consider what would happen among us if we persistently sought out and pounded on the throne room door to heaven and we said, Lord, I want more of you. Now, a child wants more things from his mother or father. In fact, isn't it tough for us parents when we have to remind our kids to say thank you or please? That's what children do. They want things from us. But when you grow up, you realize you want more of your parent. We want more of you, God. The blessings can come, but we want more of you, Lord. I want to crawl up into your lap, Father. That's what this word is for us today. The Bible says God will give us anything that is good for us spiritually if we keep on asking. If you're a believer short on grace, keep on praying for more grace. If you know that you lack faith or lack a generous spirit or lack understanding or contentment or peace or self-control, can any of us say amen that we need more self-control in our lives? Or more courage? Jesus says, you just keep on asking and it will be given to you. Where does this confidence come from to be so persistent? It comes from the amazing truth that we are the Father's adopted children. And so Jesus says, parents wouldn't give their children a stone if he asked for bread or a snake if she asked for fish sticks. How much more will your heavenly Father give to those who ask him? And he will only give you good things all because the father's son gave his life as a ransom for our sins matthew 20 28 and died for the forgiveness of our sins matthew 26 28 and absorbed the wrath of god romans 5 19 justifying us by his blood to all who received Jesus and believed in his name, John 1, 12 and 15, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of, of human flesh, but born of God, born again. That is how God becomes our Father in heaven, by receiving and believing in his Son. Another present tense, hard-hitting, we just keep on believing, we keep on receiving, we keep on this journey closer and closer and closer. And according to verse 11, God gives good things to his children who ask. Maybe not the very thing that you ask, 
or in the time that you asked, but always good. Always. That may include the hardest experience you've ever faced in life. Can you say that? I'm still wrestling with that because I don't know all the answers, but I know Jesus. I know that the hardest thing he experienced was in that garden. Praying, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. It was for a million gazillion reasons he endured that hardship that we only are now beginning to understand the ramifications. Our Father has only mercy in his heart for you and for me. He's never mistaken. He's never misled. His hands are never tied. He, he never says, well, we'll get you through college, but we'll see about grad school. Or maybe you can move back in your 20s for, for a short time, but I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. We'll see how your grades turn out. God is never wondering how it's going to work out in your life. He's never waiting. He knows. He has the plan. He won't always give comfort, but he will always give what we need. He will always give us mercy. If you know God as your Father through Christ, if you trust him to give you only mercy-filled things that you lack, if you are persistent and confident of this, in every trial, in every test, every hardship, uncertainty, storm, or firefight that you face, you can and you will live in peace and joy. You can and you will be able to, uh, to live out the golden rule. You can and you will be salt and light to the world. Now that is bigger and better than anything that we could hope for or imagine or dream up to ask of God to do or to give us. The reason God's giving depends on our asking isn't because God doesn't know our need until we ask it or inform him. God isn't reluctant until we persuade him. The reason has to do with us, not with him. The question isn't whether he is ready to give, but whether we are ready to receive and believe. God is waiting for you to recognize your need. Do you recognize your need today? You need, I need to trust you more. I need that in my life. Prayer is the way God has chosen for us to express our need of him and our humble dependence on him. Everyone who asks this way and for these things, and everyone who seeks them in this way for these things, will find them. Everyone who knocks on the door to Christ-like character, that door will be opened. And God will give us all that we ask that is for our good. That is the grand invitation. Let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we know that there are many other places in Scripture that you talk about 
uh, that you instruct us by your Holy Spirit to bring our, our prayers to you, our supplications and concerns, and that you richly bless us, and that as we live out and live in your will, Lord, that you, that you work uh, incredible things far beyond our own lives. But Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for this reminder, that this pinpoint, laser-guided reminder that if we ask and seek and knock for more of you and more of your character in our lives, that you will bless us. Lord, we want to go through life triumphantly with peace and joy in our hearts, ready to face whatever comes our way. But we first must realize our need. So enable us to be more persistent, to be more confident knowing that you have a blessing for us. And now, even now, as we come to the table, prepare our hearts to receive and believe. Amen.